Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Henrik Friss, who's head of sales and marketing at EHS Data, who are a world-leading environmental data management company who provides environmental data systems to the mining industry. Henrik is an experienced environmental specialist who is going to explain how mining companies can improve their environmental systems and processes through some of their technology products and solutions. So let's get straight into this and, um, and welcome Henrik. How are you doing, Henrik? Hi, thanks, Rob. I'm doing all good. How are you doing today? But thank you very much for inviting me to this. Yeah, uh, as, as we wanted to uh, introduce ourselves a little bit, um, my name is Henrik Fries. I'm originally Swedish and I've been working in, in this sector uh, for the last 10, 15 years with environmental data management and so forth. I have some experience from... From, uh, from other companies, governmental organizations and NGOs and so forth. But I, I think I've, I've built my, my knowledge and experience in, in the environmental sector for the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. And so I just wanted to give the audience a little bit about your background, uh, probably from when you graduated. Yeah, I, I studied environmental science way back in the 90s. So time is flying here. Um, environmental scientist, master's degree in that from, from university in, in southern Sweden. Moved on from there to working with Swedish government, working for local authorities on environmental sustainability factors. I've been running my own environmental consultancy for four years or something like that. And then moved into to, yeah, sales organizations and selling environmental software, uh, both the larger sustainability platform and now this, uh, this more environmental data, sustainable uh, environmental data platform that we're, that we're offering today. Yeah. Okay. Um, just before I go into, uh, obviously, I want to find out more about um, EHS data and a little bit about your company. Um, Appreciate, obviously, this is going out on our podcast. It also is going on our YouTube channel. So those guys that are watching, um, appreciate if you can like and share this episode um, and other episode and the podcast out to all your other um, friends, family, whoever's in, involved in the mining industry. Um, so I appreciate if you can uh, share these episodes with them as well. So, yeah, I wondered if you can tell us a little bit about... Um, EHS Data then, please. Yeah, for sure, Rob. EHS Data is a, is a company that was started here in, in uh, mid-England, in the Midlands, in, in 2006. Uh, our, our, our data platform that we have is originally created from another company, which we acquired in 2006. And we've been developing and, and pushing it forward since that. Um, the platform that we offer is, is called a Monitor Pro, and that is an environmental data management system. Um, we're a small company that have been developing this product ever since we acquired it. We offer it globally 
So we have clients uh, in about 30 countries worldwide. Main industries that we serve are, are originally the landfill industry here in, in UK. Uh, but from that, we have grown organically into the mining and that would mining industry is now our, our main industry that we serve. But we are also starting to serve other industries like your power generation, metal processing, smelters and, and so forth. Um, it's, it's all managed from, from um, Newark on Trent, a small place in the Midlands. Um, we have our developers in-house, so it's, a, it's an English built system. Uh, we do our support from here. We do have a little bit of support from uh, in Calgary in Canada as well, but only sales offices in, in Buenos Aires and in, in Brisbane in, in Australia. So it's, it's a fairly small company with a very large footprint in terms of where our clients are and where our markets are. Yeah. So what problems or challenges will mining companies have in which then they would reach out to you to, for you to then obviously provide your services to them? Yeah, obviously to any mining activity is, is a disturbance to the environment and disturbance to land or have effects on, on the environment and, and the land. Um, so most companies in that situation throughout the different life cycles of, of a mine site will have different types of environmental regulations or environmental demands to, to adhere to. Uh, initially, it might be uh, environmental impact assessments to do a background check of what, what the environment really is, where you're going to do your mining activities. Um, and then later on, it's more of an environmental permits, which requires you to, to report and yeah, to measure what you are disturbing and what impacts you have to the environment and then to report on that. Okay. Um, obviously, mining operations have a significant impact on the surrounding environment um, throughout their life cycle. So how do mining organizations manage and uh, minimize these impacts while adhering to uh, legislation? Yeah, un unfortunately, today, I, I think uh, very many uh, uh, mining organizations will, will be quite manual where they they are required by local authorities or regional authorities to, to monitor certain things, certain aspects, and to report on the performance on this. And today, I, I think a lot of what they're doing is, is, is quite manual. They, they do manual data readings. They do manual measurings. They do uh, yeah, use Excel sheets and other things to, to manage their data to create reports and to create uh, communication to stakeholders. Okay. So what kind of products and solutions, programs do, um, do EHS data provide? Yeah, EHS data only provides a, a platform. A oh, okay. Or a, a software platform where you can manage all this data. So we're sort of replacing Excel sheets or spreadsheets. So where many organizations today have, have a spreadsheet, so you've probably seen it as well in terms of financial, <laughs> financial systems that are done in, in spreadsheets. And that, that very quickly becomes a, a nightmare. If you look at a, a mine site, for instance, who might have 
200, 300 boreholes where they measure groundwater chemistry, they measure groundwater levels and so forth. Um, and then they have requirements on all these different things uh, from their um, noise, noise levers, uh, dust, uh, water issues, water discharge and so forth. They would have requirements on what they can discharge and what, what the maximum levels could be. Uh, managing all this in, in spreadsheets uh, very quickly becomes a nightmare. And uh, the spreadsheets that I've seen in, in my days, they, they give you nightmares in terms of complexity and in terms of uh, size, sheer size. Yeah, understand. So is this a, a, a sort of live cloud system, um, your, your obviously platform? And also, can the platform be, I suppose, changed to obviously make, um, I suppose, can it be adapted to the organization by taking bits yeah. out, adding bits for it, for instance? Yeah, absolutely. It's not a modular platform or anything like yeah. that. It's a one size fits all, but it could be scaled to, to fit whoever wants it. It's configured for, for each client individually. Obviously, every mine site has the same types of issues, but they're all individual in terms of of uh, limits and in terms of the sites structure and so forth. So all that is configured in the system, which means that it's, it's a solution that would fit everybody. Um, it can be in the cloud, but as you know, very many mine sites are, are very remote uh, where they, their infra IT structure might not be, or their internet access might not be strong enough for, for a cloud system. So for them, we do offer self-hosted solutions as well. So it's, it's all to fit the clients. And as we know, mine sites are, are uh, they have the same issues, but they're very individual in terms of where the problems are and how they have their setup. Yeah, certainly. Um, mining legislation differs obviously from country to country and region to region. Um, how do mining companies adhere to these legislations in terms of environmental data um, collection and reporting? Yeah, that, that's that's a very broad question because yeah. of jurisdiction and 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 the situation, of course. But to to take the more Western approach, it's very much uh, permits re uh, regulated. So local authorities or regional authorities will given an environmental permit for, for different stages of the, the mine site. It usually starts with requirements for an environmental, environmental impact assessment, EIA, and then it goes on to different types of, of uh, uh, permits. It can move on later on in life cycle, end of, end of life to remediation plans and, and processes, of course. And in terms of how that differs, we, we see a little bit of a difference in terms of, of the Western countries who have more of a permit solution where they have an, the, the mining company would have an environmental permit, which stipulates uh, what they need to measure, when they need to measure it, and what they have to report on. Um, to perhaps the, the more older Soviet kind of uh, states where it's more a, a demand cycle where there will be inspectors coming out checking what they're actually doing uh, so not much a so much a reporting but more of a of a checking system in the west it's a reporting and then perhaps checking making sure that you 
do what you're saying you're doing. Yeah, certainly. Um, how do stakeholders influence uh, the surrounding environment and the mind's impact on it? Yeah, obviously, most uh, mine sites, especially if we look in North America and, and in Latin America, are very much located on indigenous lands uh, where you have local authorities that are very, very reliant and very, very connected to the land and to the environment where they're living. So they usually will have a very strong opinion and, and strong need for, for a good management of the environmental performance putting a lot of pressure on these uh, different mining companies. We were very often today talk about uh, social license to, to remind. And a big part of that social license is how to deal with the, with the environment. So putting a lot of requirements for the mining companies, not only to, to do the right thing and to, to actually be active in, in remediation and measuring and monitoring, but also in, in terms of transparency to show what they're actually doing. And then of course, as, as we talked about, uh, the federal and local governments or regional governments will also have a lot of requirements on, on mining companies in terms of showing that what they're doing is right and that they're reporting correctly and that they're not breaking or having compliance issues. Um, more and more often, we're starting to see also in the mining sector that, that uh, shareholders and others are starting to look into um, um, greenhouse gas emissions, uh, look, requesting reports on environmental performance, especially regarding water, water issues uh, and so forth. So there are now what we've, in, if we talk about uh, other industries, there has been a uh, more consumer goods industries have had that kind of re requirements on them for a very, very long time in terms of um, uh, shareholders and customers demanding um, environmental performance. This is now starting to trickle down to, to the mining industry as well, who are starting to, to see how they need to report not only on the local authority, the environmental performance, but also on, on greenhouse gas emissions and water initiatives and so forth. Um, this obviously seems to be a lot of investment in mining technology. Um, and obviously that's only going to be ever increasing. How can mining companies invest in their environmental data management for long-term impacts on the environment? Yeah, obviously a lot of, a lot of these demand requires the mining company to invest quite a lot in, in monitoring equipment. So they need data loggers. They are required to have a certain um, uh, 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 checking systems. They need to have uh, yeah, different loggers and, and PA meters, uh, weather measure stations and so forth. All this is definitely an investment. Uh, but then it very often stops there. They do investments in all these hardware equipments, but then they usually invest quite heavily up to two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars in consultants that will go out and do these readings, take the analysis to laboratories and do the checkups and, and so forth. Um, there's big investments in, in uh, 
consultants doing this, but there's also big investments in having a big staff that has to do all of these manual tasks of, of monitoring and, and checking and reporting. Yeah. And um, what kind of companies um, would use your service? Are they big companies? Are they smaller companies? Is it, uh, is it during any time of a, a sort of a mind life cycle or is it generally always at the, at the inception stage at the beginning or could it be any time throughout sort of a life cycle of a mine operation? Yeah, it, it, you can obviously use a automated uh, data management system throughout the life cycle, even early stages. I always say that the earlier you implement an environmental database to manage your environmental monitoring data, the, the less costly it's going to be because you have very little background data to transfer into the system. You have a, you have a system from the start keeping all your your data in order already from the start when you do your, your feasibility study or your, your uh, mine construction. But obviously the, the mass, the bulk of data is generated during production. That's when you have your, your big discharges to water, you have your, your emissions, you have your dust, you have your noise, you have your groundwater disturbance and so forth. That, that would be the bulk of data during during the production phase. Um, your, your compliance requirements are also the biggest during your, your production, obviously, because that's the bulk of the, 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 the key of the operation. So that, that would be the, the, the main stage. In terms of our clients, we, most of our clients are in the, in, the, in the production phase, but we have a few clients that are proactive and start with a small database already at the impact assessment or slightly after when they start getting their first small environmental permits. Uh, the reason for that is to, to build a secure system that has the background data as well. In case you have an accident later on in a, in a mine life, um, it's important to have recorded safely and securely what the background data was. Otherwise you can be very responsible for, for natural occurrences of, of emissions and so forth, which is common in, in mining areas, obviously. Um, of course, having the, the, the potential to invest in a, in a data management system, you have to have a certain turnover, obviously. So our clients are not the smallest, but uh, from, from mid-tier, some, some are in the exploration phase, but they have, a, a, they have a, a strategy to go into production. Pure exploration companies usually don't have the need or have the money to, to invest in this, but we end up with more uh, mid-tier to, to large mine sites. Yeah. So obviously you mentioned um, previously that companies may have all this information on an Excel spreadsheet, for instance. What is the trigger point from when they're on this Excel spreadsheet? What is that trigger point when they think, do you know what? I need something better. I want something more that helps me with recording all this data, helps with the processes, helps with getting all this information out to all the relevant people. What would you say that trigger point is when they just said, look, I've had enough of this Excel spreadsheet. I need, <laughs> I need a system. 
<laughs> I need a system. Yeah, that that that's a that's a very tricky question to answer. It depends a little bit on on each individual. I usually say the trigger point is as soon as possible because a mindset very quickly grows quite big in terms of uh, you having uh, boreholes, you having discharges of water, you having your your tailings dam and so forth. All has to be measured. So when you start having more than than five ten different monitoring stations, then you're going to start having a bulk of, of, uh, of data that is too big to manage in, in, in spreadsheet. And usually what happens in these spreadsheets is that you have different sheets in each spreadsheet, all interlinked. So you very quickly get lost in what was that commercial factor? What was that unit I used here? And why did I did that, do that conversion and, and so forth? So it very quickly grows out of hand. So I don't think there's an absolute terms of this, but as soon as you have an environmental permit saying that you have compliance levels, then you would need a, a basic system to, to manage that. And I, I would say that a spreadsheet is not good enough. Yeah. And I suppose apart from the recording of the data, it's actually getting that data through to the relevant people that need access to that data. And if yeah. you're sending a spreadsheet around to all the various people and it has to keep being updated and people update it, I, I think that the whole communication um, issue around that would be more why you would have have your um, your platform. Because if so many people, different people are accessing that platform or accessing that information, surely it's going to be a lot easier if it's on a platform than this than having it on like an Excel spreadsheet. So I think it's I think it's 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 not just about the recording, it's about the communicating of that information to all the relevant parties. Yes, obviously, and, and the security and, and, uh, and the quality of the data as well, because the spreadsheet could easily be manipulated and changed without any records of it. In a in a database like this, you will have a complete audit log of what every user has been with the data and you can see if it's been changed and no data is ever deleted and so forth so you can always see the historic data how people have changed it and when it was changed and who changed it and what was the original value and so forth so security is is another issue with this yeah. but and of course um, easy communication in terms of instead of spending spending a lot of time flicking through spreadsheets you can actually just look at a dashboard and you can get your your graphs at the click of a of a button, and you can see historic trends in in that in a much better way than you could ever do in a in a in a spreadsheet. So you could actually start seeing where the spikes are, where where do we have problems. Um, you can use those views also in a mapping system where you can actually see in in the in the geography where you're having your problem spots and where things are occurring and so forth. So obviously there's there's more presentation. There's automatic alerts if if you if you do have a breach, a spreadsheet will just be numb. It would not say tell you that you're actually now we're emitting too much or we're discharging too much uh, of, of anything into the to our spillwater. A spreadsheet would be quite mute on that. Whereas a, a system like this could send you an email and actually alert you that. We are having a problem. Do something about it before before this gets into an accident where you have to pay fines to the 
local or regional authorities. Yeah. Um, so what are the benefits of a dedicated environmental data um, system and how can an investment help reduce the environmental impacts of, of mining? Yeah, obviously, if, if you instead of uh, employ 10 staff, or maybe not 10, but five staff to manage environmental data and all they sit and do is, is crunch data in spreadsheets, then you have a very expensive spreadsheet that won't do very much for you. But if you instead uh, have an automated, automated system for managing your environmental data, you don't have to sit and check against your environmental permits, or you don't have to make sure that you, you collect the right data at the right time, but the system will take care of that for you. Your five environmental officers can now start working with their environmental issues instead of crunching data. Um, so obviously, if you make a proactive investment into modernizing your environmental data management, then you will free capital or resources to do what you actually needed to do from the first place. And that is act if you have a, um, um, an accident or are close to getting to an accident, manage your, your performance instead of managing your data. Yeah. Um, what kind of environmental data do these systems need to collate, monitor and report on? Sorry? So, yeah, what kind of um, environmental data do these systems need to collate, monitor and report? Yeah, obviously for, for mine sites, it's, it's all sorts of, of environmental data. Uh, but obviously one of the most important is, is uh, in most places, groundwater, water chemistry, uh, water discharge. There will be a lot of uh, dust from very many of these sites. Uh, there might be noise requirements, land disturbance. Uh, a lot of them will have flora and fauna issues. Um, if you have a, a processing there as well, it might be NOx, SOx, uh, particle matters, and, and so forth. So there's a, um, obviously weather data is, is all related to this. You need to, to look at weather patterns to see where, where you emissions travel and so forth. So it's, it's a whole range of different types of data. Um, the solution we, we offer is, is configurable, which means that it can deal with, you could do health checks and health screenings and, and things like that as well. If, it, if data comes in on the frequency, we, we can manage it. Okay. Um, and how can you help mining companies looking to invest in their environmental management? Yeah, obviously we've been, we've been working in the sector for, for 10, 10, 15 years now. Uh, we know the issues. We are quite, we're all environmental experts in the company. So it, when we engage with a, with a mining company and they show us our da their data, we know very well what it is and we can actually come with, with advice on how to manage your data. Very often when we, we do implementations for, for clients, we can actually help them come with proposals of how to better manage their data, what, what data to, to, to monitor and what data don't you need to monitor. We help them compare to their environmental permits. Sometimes they, they keep on monitoring after an old environmental permit saying that you have to monitor this and this and this, or they have a new environmental permit that says you have to monitor this and this, and they don't do it. So um, engaging with us 
we have a we have a keen eye and we can help you scrutinize your data. We can check your data and we can help you validate it and <clears throat> improve the whole management cycle of, of environmental data. Yeah. Um, and as a conclusion, what's the outlook for uh, EHS? Yeah, that, that's, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> um, we are uh, looking into to expanding, of course, uh, yep. finding, finding more clients around the world. We, we are keen on, on getting everybody on board of using a, a solution to better manage their mental data, not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of of the environment in, in the long run for the planet. So that is definitely a big driver for us. We are we are a serious company and we are carbon neutral ourselves since uh, 2018. So that is that is a big driver. Um, we are currently uh, because of the COVID situation. This has been a little put on a hold, but we are establishing more and more in in Australia, which is a huge market for us. Um, so we are going to have more of a of a permanent presence there somehow. Uh, how that's going to look is, is is obviously we'll have to see after this these travel restrictions and so forth. Um, we are very active in, in North America. We are moving more and more into Latin America, uh, looking for Spanish-speaking um, uh, co-workers, to be honest. So that is, if, if there's any native Spanish speaker living in the UK wanting to implement Monitor Pro, then get in contact with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. And is there any particular jurisdictions you're really currently working in and really actively in? Now, due, due to the flexibility of the solution, uh, any, any compliance limits or any obligations that we put into the system are configured, which means that there's no database of, of requirements or anything like that, which means that we could potentially work in any jurisdiction, any um, legal framework. But we tend to work mostly in Western-based uh, frameworks. So even in Latin America and Africa, they have the, the, the Western-based systems. I'm not going to say even, but also in uh, those places, <clears throat> they have uh, they have environmental permit-based system uh, based on the, the the English or the Canadian or American or or Australian. Uh, so it's it's very very broad, but it's easier for us to work with those kind of organizations that have the same structure of permits. It is more difficult when it's more of an inspection system. Then they need perhaps to tweak the system a little bit to be working with. Yeah, thank you. Um, so if anyone wants, uh, if any of our listeners wants to uh, reach out to you, um, are you on any social media platforms and how can they, um, how can they reach out to you if they want some more information? That, that would be very grateful to, yeah. Contact me if you can. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm available on on LinkedIn, Henrik Fries, uh, F R I J S. Uh, we we do have our webpage, uh, Um We are on Twitter, we are on Facebook, but I think those are are, are less frequented in, in terms of our clients. They're they're they tend to be more web page and and LinkedIn. Yeah. 
Okay, well, we'll put all those in the show notes accompanying this as well. And also, if you're watching uh, watching the YouTube channel and watching this um, via that media, um, again, it'll be in the show notes um, accompanying this. So um, if you want to reach out to Henry, um, he obviously um, can be contactable and you can find some more information out about um, EHS and what they can uh, do for your company. So I really appreciate your time in uh, providing our audience with um, with your um, platform and how it can benefit mining companies. So um, again, those that are listening, appreciate if you can uh, pass this uh, episode on to others who um, may, may be interested in this, or they may not be interested, but they will get interested once they listen to uh, what Henrik says. So I appreciate if you can share, share um, this episode. If you're watching, please share a like as well. So um, until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.